So Psalm 118, verse 24. This is a verse we've quoted often. Listen carefully to how it's written. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You go back up a verse or two, it talks about the stone that the builders rejected and what a marvelous thing that it is. But the Lord laid this verse on our heart. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And if I had a thought, my thought would be to be glad. Now we live in a world that's full of fear. Full of of things that could take us down, destroy our health, destroy our family, destroy our home. And we're constantly mindful of that kind of thing. But even in this day and age, we can be glad. And I read about the prophet Jeremiah. It's over in the 20th chapter of Jeremiah. And he had to tell God's people down in Judah that the king of Babylon was going to come down and he was going to take that city. He was going to, to, to destroy it. And he was going to take the best and the brightest that they had captive and take them down to Babylon. And even had to tell the king that if he didn't do what he was supposed to do, he'd be destroyed as well. And they didn't like those terms. And that's the way human nature is. When we tell you or when God's men tell you that everything is just A-OK -okay. when we tell, tell that God's Word says that we have to repent, that, that we're not just living just, to, just like we are and everything's not OK. Men don't like to hear those terms. It goes against human nature to admit that we've made mistakes, that we're wrong, that we've come short, that we've sinned. It goes against what our flesh tells us to do. But... And so Jeremiah was in a fix. And they, I read where they took and locked his feet up in the stocks. And they even on down in the book, put, threw him down in the dungeon in the muck and the mire. And there was an Ethiopian unit came and helped get him out through some old rotten rags. But Jeremiah was in a fix. Was that a, was that a point where you would think that he would be glad? If you're thinking that would be a point where he would be down, where he'd be discouraged, you're right. Read God's Word. He was discouraged. He even talked about the day that he was born and how that the man that delivered the news to his father that he had had a man child and how it made his dad glad. He, he said the cursed was that man that brought the news. And you've been there before, hadn't you? You've been down. You've been discouraged. I've been there. If you've served any time in God's army, you've you faced defeat a time or two. You've faced situations where that just seemed more than you could bear. Might have felt like Jeremiah did in his day. But let me say this to you, and I know there must have been some of the king's servants that mentioned Jeremiah's name. There must have been some of the folks down in Judah talk about how he ought to t encourage us, how he ought to tell us how good a people that we are, and just scolded Jeremiah's name. 
But this is the attitude Jeremiah should have had. He should have been glad. He should have rejoiced. This is what the New Testament said. When men revile you and cast your name out as evil for my name's sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. If today the skies are dark, if today there's rain in your life, if today it feels like the sun is never going to shine again, this is not the last day. There's a better day coming. One day after a while when the sun will shine forever. Not the S-U-N, the S-O-N. And we got a better day coming. One day after a while. So be glad that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Alright, be glad. Now my friends, I've been there and I'm sure you have too. The Lord say, do this. Or do that. And I'm big on the term if. Well, Lord, if that's you, I should know better. If there's a fear in my heart, I should know that's the Lord. If that's you, Lord, I should know better. If it's about lifting up His name and talk, giving Him the glory... If it's about talking about my fellow man, my brethren and my sisters in Christ and the church and how wonderful it is and how I'm glad to be the least part of it, I should know it's Him. But I'm a doubter. I'm the world's worst to say if. And I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I'll say if it's you, Lord. I've, been, I've done this many a times. Because I didn't want to step out of line. I didn't want to do anything that would hurt anyone in any, any way or hurt the church or, or dampen the spirit or anything like that. And I'd say, if this is you, Lord, would you have so-and-so sing this such-and-such -such song? And they'd get up, sing the very song I'd asked him for. Or I'd say, if this is you, Lord, would you have so-and-so so talk and testify? And it wouldn't be 30 seconds later they'd open their mouth and begin to sing the praises of the Lord. Oh, but I'm here to tell you today that we don't, we're, the Bible says we're without excuse, doesn't it? Oh, let me, let me preach this to you for just a minute. So we read where Moses gave the Lord an excuse. Have you ever tried to give it him one when he has the deed for you to do, when he's commanded that you should do something to uplift and praise his name? There is no excuse. You need to praise the Lord. There is no excuse. You're perfectly capable. You're made in His image and in His likeness. And if He gives you the task to do, He'll give you the grace to see it through with. Moses, go down and speak to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. And you know what Moses' response was? Well, I'm not eloquent. I'm not well spoken just in my words. I'm slow of speech. I can't do it. I, I, this is my excuse. And so the Lord said, 
you've got a brother, don't you? I believe his name is Aaron. And I don't know that he can speak well. Take him with you and he'll help you. And when he sees you, you know what Aaron will do? He'll be glad. There's been times I've came in so low that I just didn't know which way I was going to go. Have you ever been that? Just walked through the doors of the church and felt like he couldn't go another mile? I've come in with a heavy heart before. But I'd see my brother and I'd see my sisters. I'd hear your voice. I'd hear you sing the praises of the Lord. And you know what it did to me? It made me glad. Oh, I was glad when they said it to me. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Let's take a look at, at the man David. We read where that he sinned, didn't we? We read where that his fall was mighty, how he committed adultery, how he lied, how he had, had Bathsheba's husband murdered. You can't think of a man that we can read about that committed any more sin than what the man David did. Oh, and whenever the Lord struck he and Bathsheba's child and he laid out on the ground and he prayed and he begged God and he fasted and he did without trying to get the Lord's attention trying to change the Lord's mind and the Lord took the child David's service off shortly he'll just die right where he's at he'll grieve himself to death but David got up he cleaned up he went to the house of the Lord and he took bread and David couldn't believe the change that was made in David. They said why when the child was dying, when the child was sick you cried, you begged, you pleaded, you stayed on the ground forever and ever. And now that he's dead, you got up, you cleaned up, you went into the temple. What's the difference? He said, I can't bring him back, but I can go where he is. Oh, if you're down, consider coming to the house of the Lord. It'll make you glad. I'm not talking about going through a form and a fashion. I'm talking about praising the Lord. If you can get where the Spirit is, it'll make you glad. All right. This same man. You know why David was glad when he went to the house of the Lord? I'm going to tell you why. David had strayed far, hadn't he? David... There's not a person in this house today that can disagree with me. David sinned. He was out of God's will. But the reason David, and I don't know this, just me in my mind, my way of thinking about it, the reason David was glad that he could go down to the house of the Lord, because I believe while he was there, while we are here, while the altar is open, while there is opportunity, because folks, there could be a time when opportunity will not be any longer. There could be a, a time, my dad is laying right over here, about 99% of the time, he's out of his mind. You can't have a conversation with him. He don't know where he's at. He don't know who you are. He don't know who I am. Oh, so there could come a time when there's no opportunity left, none remaining. While we're here, while God's granted us 
of another day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will be glad and rejoice therein. Wow, that you have this opportunity today. Do what David did. He said, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Then will I teach transgressors the way of sinners can be converted. You know why this little girl got saved Wednesday night? Because somebody repented. Because somebody got down and up on themselves and called out her name and begged God to say, I'm telling you, some sinner salvation hinges on our repentance. Well, preacher, that's between them and God. Yeah, they need to be shown how to get saved, don't they? You know what the Bible refers to salvation? You know what Jesus referred to salvation as? He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. How can a child be born without a mother? You're it. You are the mother. When Zion travaileth, she'll bring forth children. Be glad. David was glad. Oh, Be glad. Folks, I know I turned 54 a week or so ago. It's the worst time I've ever seen. We live today where men celebrate sin instead of being ashamed of it anymore. We live today when they're offended, not by the sin, but by the fact that you call their behavior sin. We live today when men, instead of being ashamed of their sin, take pride in it. And so God is trying to get our attention. God is trying to show people that they need to turn to Him. And it's a hard time for the church. It's a hard time. Well, preacher, we used to just come and we could hug necks and we could shake hands. What's the matter with us? We're a child of the King. You don't need my handshake to go to heaven. You need God's hand to lift you up. You don't need me as your pastor to lead you to heaven. You need to follow Jesus. If you follow me, you'll see me make a mistake. You'll see me fall and come short. But if you follow Jesus, he's without sin. And he'll lead you to that good country after a while. We'd all be lying if we said we're not worried. We've had to change the way we do things. We've had to change change the way we have church. We've had to change the way we go to the doctor. We've had to change the way we behave at work, at school, nearly every aspect of our lives, the way we go to the Walmart. Nearly every aspect of our lives we've had to change. But you want to hear the sad news? Now you're going to talk about the death of this virus. No, I'm not. 
I'm going to tell you the saddest news of our whole situation. In all of this, how many people have you seen walk through the doors of the church house? In all of this, how many people have you seen return to the Lord? In all of this situation that we're in, how many people have refused to acknowledge that this is the hand of God? Oh, folks, that we would call on him while he's near. Oh, he's not of them that are brokenhearted. We'll save such as be of a contrite spirit. I'm here to tell you today that we need to try Jesus. I'm here to tell you today, and maybe I made this anecdote here a few weeks ago. My grandpa was at Vanderbilt several years ago. It's a pretty good trip away. And so his children would go a week at a time and stay with him. And he had got to the point where he was kind of out of his mind. And they had reported that he had said things that you would have never heard come across his lips. And so my dad was worried it was his turn to go down there. And he prayed about it. And about three in the morning, my grandpa and some of you remember him. He laid and sang and rank and raised chapel for years. He sucked hold. He had spoken weeks. He didn't speak. He was out of his mind. But he sucked this song. Hold to God's unchanging hand. If there was ever any good advice I could give you, that's it. Hold on. God's going to send his son. He's coming back. If you're down today, look up. Be glad. I go away. Let not your heart. I'm out this way. Let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe me? Oh, aren't we so glad? Oh, thy never shall with 30 forget the day. Oh, Johnny, are we glad? Oh, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. I remember the day I shall never forget when he spoke to me gently. Father, thou be in the fountain of life. There's a ball for your soul. As an eight-year-old boy, I knelt down and said, Jesus, please save me. And no matter what I face in life, I'll be glad when Jesus comes back. I'll be glad just to feel his spirit. I'll be glad to be in his presence. Be glad, be glad, be glad. You belong to the King. Well, preacher, the virus is in my church. We can't meet. Yes, we can. And we will. If we can't get together today, we'll sing a song the angels can't sing one day after a while. If we can't meet as a little congregation today, we'll be a part of the number no man can number. If we can't get together for a little meeting right here, we'll get together for a big one. One day up there at the wall, there'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more graveyards, hospitals. It'll just be one day of rejoicing throughout all eternity. 
Don't be glad. We get to be a part of it. We talk. We're good at bad news, aren't we? We're good at that. <clears throat> Used to when I was these girls' age, the news came on at 6 o'clock, 6.30 for the world news, and you got 30 minutes, and that was all you got. If you wanted to find out what happened in Russia, you had to wait till 6.30 the following day. And now we've got news around the clock 24-7. Got five, six, eight, ten different news outlets that are on constantly. And if that's not enough for you, you go to the internet and look it up. And they're really good at sharing bad news. They're really good about telling you about turmoil and strife. They're really good about telling you about war and famine and earthquakes. They're really good about sharing about death. But I want to lift your spirits this morning. I believe the Bible says this, and I know we hear it quoted often. Sometimes we hear it quoted by being able to judge others. It says, failing not the assembling of yourselves together. If you can assemble right here, that's great. If you assemble with us through there, that's great. Oh, but I want to go on and not leave that, boy, that verse unfinished. Failing not the assembling of ourselves together, as the matter of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. But exhorting one another, today we get bad news everywhere. So let's share some good news. Jesus is coming soon. Oh, what a day when his children go home. It's good news if you've been saved by the grace of God. <clears throat> we've all got things we'd like to do. I started back to work. The kids started back to school this week. Cock County starts back in a little over a week, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> and yeah, I was looking forward to going back to work. But there's a little trepidation. Harley starts back to Carson Newman next week. I'm sure she's looking forward to seeing her friends, but there's a little bit of trepidation, I'm sure. But on the big day, on the great day, we'll have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. It'll just be one glorious day. We used to sing this song, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon his face, the one that saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through. Let me back up here just a minute. He won't have to take me by the hand. He's already got me. So when he leads me through the promised land. What a day! A day full of good news. No doubt Lynn will be there and he'll see 
the, the prophets. He'll see the, the Moses. He'll see Aaron. He'll see the men that I preached to you about today, David. Amen. He'll see the disciples. He'll see the apostles. He'll see the Savior. And then he'll turn around after he's looked at everybody and he'll see a little old preacher boy. And he'll say, oh, you made it, didn't you? What a great day. What good news when we get to be together for eternity. Be glad of better days coming. Don't hold your head down. Do what David did. He said, I will look into the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Got several preachers here this morning. I've been Jeremiah of you. I remember the first revival I had. I was coming down the road, going home after service one night, and if the service fell logically, like I thought they might fall, it would have been my turn the following night to stand. And the Lord gave me this scripture. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. And I thought, oh, Lord, surely you wouldn't have me preach that in the middle of a revival. And so, boys, you know what I'm talking about? I took it home. And I wallowed it all night long. And I prayed and I begged God to give me something. That's all he'd give me. And so when it came time for the preacher man, the, the following service, sure enough, they called my name. And I got up with my book. And I didn't know what else to do. I read that scripture, did the very best I could do. And through my faults and my failures, they said there was a man that had been in church all of his life there, the janitor. He was about 40 years old. He come out and knelt down and the Lord saved him. I'm here to tell you today, boys, don't hold your head down. It's hard, isn't it? When God gives you a scripture, that maybe it'd be a little harder than you'd like to preach, but preach what God gives you Amen. and He'll bless you for it. The key to it is not to let this flesh get in the way, but preach in the Spirit and all the love God will give you and you'll see it increase. I've been Jeremiah. I've been down. But you talk about an old boy that was happy when that 40-year-old man come out the, down the aisle and Jesus saved him. I was glad. They sang the song. I believe somebody here sang it before. It'll be worth it all. After all of these trials, the verse says we need some old-fashioned preaching to teach us right from wrong. It'll be worth it all. I like this song. Wendy sang the second verse. Yeah, I want to go to heaven. I want to take somebody with me, don't you? Appreciate Johnny and Cookie being with us this morning. I know Johnny's going that way. Cookie, I've heard him talk. Heard the good spirit of power of God in him. Johnny, you don't have to worry. You got some folks that's coming along behind you. Oh, 
I love being saved. It's the best thing I ever did was ask Jesus to save my soul. But what comes in second is seeing somebody I love do the same thing. I want to take somebody with me. And if you're here and you're not sure where you're going to go, you'll be in misery if you don't call on Jesus. You'll be in sorrow and regret for the rest of your time. And time will never run out because time shall be no more. I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid to close your eyes anymore. Right here was a little girl that was afraid. She didn't want to go to sleep. She was worried what might happen if she went to sleep and didn't wake up. She don't have that fear anymore. She's not afraid anymore. Why? Because she trusted Jesus. And now she's glad. Oh, best thing you ever did, Jerry, was say, Jesus, please save me. It's the best thing I ever did. I'd highly recommend it. And if you're here and you're miserable, if you're here and you're in pain, if you're here and you're afraid to die, if you're here and you're afraid of what might happen when you close your eyes, Try Jesus. He'll make you glad. Preacher, you're just weird. That's okay. You call me what you want to. He's already given me a new name and I answered it anyway. How is it with you? Sometimes I'll ask people, and I'm about done. And if Wayne and Loretta and their family don't care, I'd love to hear them sing a song here in just a minute, if that's all right. They're all here today. I love to hear them. But sometimes I ask people, how are you doing? And you know what the response is? I can't complain. And I say, why, well, sure you could, but nobody would care. I'm just joking. But let me tell you something. It don't matter what befalls us in life. My father, they told us he's probably just got a few days. There's not one thing I can do to give him one more breath. There's not one thing I can do to give him one more minute. But I can do what David did. I can get up, clean up, go to the house of the Lord, and be glad. Because I can't bring him back, but I can go to be where he is. Preacher, that's so odd. I'm not denying there's a natural, there's a fleshly part of me. They would like to hold on to him. But that spiritual man, I have no doubt, I'll go to be with him one day after a while. But you know how robbed I would feel? And I've seen people in this situation before. Their loved one leave this world. neck deep in sin. Drugs, alcohol, you name it. 
They'll put maybe he was of the Baptist faith or whatever. I don't want to leave any doubt. My son is sitting right back here this morning. He already knows I'll never leave him a million dollars. So the best thing I can leave him is a testimony saying, I'm going that way. I hope to see you there. And he made me a promise that he was going to meet me there. The worst thing you can do, if you really love your family, if you love your mom and dad, if you love your children, if you love your grandparents, your grandparents loves you, the worst thing you can possibly do is leave this world and them not know where you're going. Is leave this world with no testimony that you ever were really glad. That you ever were truly happy. And let me tell you something. Without Jesus, you don't know what happiness is. Without Jesus, you don't know how good it feels on the inside to have peace in your heart. Without Jesus, life is a wreck. Without Jesus, life is full of heartache. Well, preacher, when I was, you had people in your life, I had them in mine. Some of you may remember preacher Shorty Griffin. If there's ever a man faced heartache, faced adversity, his family really went through it. But it didn't matter when you saw him, he still had a smile. He still was happy to see you. He still had a handshake and a hug for you. He still was just glad to be one of God's little children. You know how God's children can face adversity? You know how God's children can face heartache? It's because God gives them grace to get through it. Folks, we're no longer by ourselves. He said he'd go with us all the way. So be glad. Satan says that nobody cares, don't he? Well, my Bible says there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So that makes Satan a liar. Be glad. Be glad God had mercy on you and sent his son to pay the price for your sins at Calvary. Be glad he spoke peace to your soul when you asked him to save you. Be glad that he's there with you every day. Be glad that he put you in a church house full of believers so that you don't have to go through this life alone. Be glad that if today is bad, tomorrow will be better because you're one day closer home. Be glad because there will be a day Whenever we'll rise to meet him in the hour, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Be glad that he went away to prepare a place for us, that where he is, we may be also. <coughs> you don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be heavy-hearted. You don't have to be worried. You can be glad because we belong to the Lord. 